Steel Curtain Network. What's up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another Steel Curtain Network postgame show and another victorious postgame show. I like these. I don't care how they happen. I like these a lot. Joining me is Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I was I was very relaxed for a while and then not as <laughs> relaxed, and now I can relax again. Exactly. Now, for those that always listen to our podcast, especially the postgame show, you probably know that we're normally having a third person here. Brian Davis is in Vegas right now. We're going to bring him in shortly as a uh, live on location. So let's bring Brian into the show. Brian, what's going on? Hey, hey, what is going on, Jeff and Dave? Here I am outside of Legion Stadium, and I've got some friends. We've got them from Iowa, South Dakota, Oregon, Idaho. Meet my friends. Nebraska! Yeah! <laughs> All right, we need a here we go, Steelers! Here we go, Steelers! Here we go! Here we go, Steelers! All right, guys, I might not be coming back. This is awesome. I'll try to join you in a bit. We're having fun here in Vegas! All right, Brian, take it easy. Stay <laughs> safe out there, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, good stuff. Oh, all right, so good stuff. to hear from Brian. Woo-hoo. Sounds like he's having a good time. I can't wait to hear all the stories about all the shenanigans that are happening out there in Sin City. But, Dave, let's get this show on the road. Let's start the way we always do, and that is with knee-jerk reactions. You kind of alluded to the fact that you might have started to relax a little bit and then the fourth quarter in the last, I don't know, eight minutes crept up on you. What was your knee-jerk reaction, though? Uh, knee-jerk reaction was, I think this is the best the Steelers had played. That drive that ended with a Pat Fairmuth touchdown was the best offensive drive of the regular season by far. We're starting to see a glimpse of what the Steelers team can be. Now all they have to do is be a little bit more consistent with it. And even, even after that touchdown, when the Steelers got the ball, I never felt like, oh, man, they're just not going to do anything. They had some pretty decent situations like the, the pass to Fairmouth over the middle, almost able to pull that in. Could have possibly been a, a penalty, but it wasn't. It, it, it's not like I felt they were completely inept and, oh, my goodness, here we go again. It, it just felt like, hey, the Raiders made some plays. I, I just actually had – my confidence is, is this team made a step in the right direction in this game like I wanted to see them do. You took the words right out of my mouth. My knee-jerk reaction was there were steps taken in the appropriate direction. And so mm-hmm. that's what we said after week one. Like, I mean, there were no signs of life. This team would look like they were dead flatlined. And I even wrote an article yesterday, Saturday for steel network.com saying, can this team be resuscitated? I think they can. I think we're slowly starting to see this. I think we're slowly starting to see the offense kind of finding their groove. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's great, but at least they are finding their way. And that's what we want to see. And so it's exciting. Steelers win 23 to 18 on the road in Vegas. Really, really great. uh, Really great chance to uh, see the Steelers finally do something on offense. Kenny Pickett. We'll talk about him, but two touchdowns for the first time in his career, which is pretty cool to see. Let's get some super chats here. Tyler W gives us $2 says three to three and one start is still on schedule. That's correct. Next week they go to Houston. It's an opportunity to go three and one. You got to look at it that way. Absolutely. That beat the Jacksonville Jaguars today, Sunday. So something uh, that beat them pretty bad too. So might not be the cakewalk people think, but let's continue. Uh, Tom plays games or Tom Muir gives us $2, a dollar per W. And finally a dollar per touchdown. He said, not a tradition. I get it. Tom. That's fine. Uh, Afton Forehead gives us $2. It did Wallace redeem himself. We can talk about Levi Wallace briefly. Dave, what are your thoughts? He had a pretty rough go of it, but came up with two interceptions. One at the key time, a game clenching interception. Yeah. Honestly, some of the things that Wallace was getting blamed for on various places and social media, I'm not sure we're all on him. It's not that he was doing great or fantastic. I also think that the guy that he was matched up against 
with a lot is pretty good too. Um, so I'll, I'll, I understand that. I, I don't think it was as bad as what fans were making it out to be. It's not like you go out there and expect Levi Wallace to go one on one with Devontae Adams, play in and play out, and always win. But he had some nice plays. Um, and I mean, it was the first interception wasn't on wasn't against Adams, but uh, yeah, and and that's really what you want. Even if some things aren't going your way early, you still got to be able to come back and make the plays when you have the opportunity. You're not going to play press coverage a lot on Devontae Adams unless you have help over the top. The Steelers tried to mix it up. I think he did redeem himself a little bit with his two interceptions. Uh, it was good to see him bounce back. Let's get this other super chat on the screen. Uh, Kyle Smith, he gave us $5, said maybe Lev Bell or Bad snuck into the box to call plays. Canada was cooking on that long touchdown drive. Why can't it be like that all the time? I will also give credit where credit is due. The third down completion uh, that was called prior to the two-minute warning. So this was the, the third down conversion. I'm trying to think who he completed. That was to Allen Robinson, wasn't it, Dave? The little... Oh, you uh, mean at jet- the end of the game? Yes, yes. yes they got yes. them. The, yeah. So that was a that was a great play call. Yeah, uh, it was. getting Kenny Pickett out of the pocket. Good throw. Allen Robinson smart enough to stay in bounds to make him use a timeout, get it down to the two minute warning. But yeah, there were again well, and and also I, getting him out of the pocket. I think was smart because if nothing else, if it's not there, Kenny can do what he can to try to run for it. Right, which I wish he would do more sometimes. But that's yeah. beside the point. Let's go to the next yeah. uh, super chat here. Uh, it's your youngin wood burning says I haven't been live forever, but I listen to every show on Spotify every day. I'll be at the Pittsburgh versus green Bay, November 12th game. What are some must sees meetup chance? Uh, Dave, or what games are you going to this year? Um, it's, uh, I thought my brother-in-law and I are still trying to figure it out because there's like three games in a row and we have all three of those games and we're like, how are we going to divide these up? Uh, I think right now, the only one I know for sure that I'm supposed to go to is the Arizona game. I might actually be at the next Steelers game that they're at home. Um, there's something up there's, there's yes, but I, I don't like going to Ravens games, but there's a possibility that I might be at that one. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, I will not be there. So no meetup <laughs> chance with Jeff. So there you go. Uh, let's get here. Uh, a cask is a four ninety nine. at first in the AFC North. Let's go. That's right. We were going to talk about that. That's yep. right. I totally forgot. I was moving day in the AFC North. Here we go. Let's continue. Uh, Nick Gabriel gives us two dollars. Says Jeff, that guy you interviewed said Crosby is better than TJ. Let me say that I, I put that clip with Hondo Carpenter, who's on my Let's Ride podcast Friday. Boy, a lot of people came at me on Twitter like, Jeff, how could you challenge him? First and foremost, this guy is legit. Like, Hondo Carpenter is a big name in the NFL, and he's covered a lot of teams. He's very well-known, very respected. Uh, he did say that if you took Crosby and put him on the Steelers, he would be doing what TJ Watt does. I don't know. Did he really I, say what he all, I, he almost said like if you put Crosby on the Steelers and Watt on the Raiders, then Crosby would be better because part of what makes TJ so good is that he's on the Steelers in a, in a yeah. good system for him. I, I'm not about to get into an argument over yeah. it. I don't cover Max Crosby that much. Yeah. I don't know. Like I know he's a good player, he's but a, player, I, a but... lot of people were upset. I wasn't, yeah, trust me, I don't believe what he said, but I'm not just not gonna interrupt him in the middle of I'm not Stephen A. Smith. That's what I had to explain on Twitter. I'm not going to just start yelling. <laughs> at All right, let's get Andrew Paladino, a West Virginia guy. He said it was enough to get the job done. Credit MC Matt Canada. Wow. But still had some head scratchers down the stretch. Would have loved to put more up with the offense cooking, but a W is a W. Also had some blind zebras. We will talk Ooh, about yeah. the penalties. Good Lord. The penalties. Some of them were suspect like none other. Here we go. Uh, Punk Drummer gives us four ninety nine. Said this is my dad's first Steel Network podcast. He's tuning in with me tonight. It's a step yeah. in the right direction. There you go. I wish they'd call some outside runs. I wish they would just not call Najee Harris up the middle to a stacked box. Once now, I said incredible. this on Twitter, and, and and then they they started doing it. Well, I'm like, oh, the, why don't they do this? And then they then they started two different times. It was why are they constantly running? when they're in a formation that the defense knows they're going to run and they run. Then they start. people don't like it sometimes when they run out of shotgun. They were running effectively out of shotgun tonight because 
the defense was having to respect the pass and it opened things up so much better. And then they come out in the second half to start and run some play action from under center where they actually passed the ball in a play where they were under center. That's exactly what they needed to do in order to free up some stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, people say, well, Jalen Warren was getting, he was having more success. And Jalen Warren is a different threat. So if he's yeah. in the shotgun, they have to respect him as a receiver more than they would Najee Harris. Not that Najee can't catch the ball, but it's a different type of athleticism. We'll talk about it. We will, I promise. Yeah. Last one here. Wilson Pava gives us 499. Said, not sure how to feel besides happy to win, sloppy win, refs didn't help, but overall feeling hopeful, still distrustful of Canada despite doing better. I get it. I get it. Absolutely get it. So, all right, let's uh, let's go back to the show here. We want to bring in Brian Davis, who's in a little bit quieter spot. He's not going to be on the whole show, but uh, let him tell a little bit of his story out in Vegas before we get into the nuts and bolts of this game. Brian, uh, you there? Yes, I am. I, I am in a quiet spot, still right outside the stadium on the uh, Vegas Strip. You can see Mandalay Bay in the background here. Uh, guys, I got to watch the game on my phone, but I got to suck up the atmosphere out here. It was, uh, I, I enjoyed that game. I kind of thought that this was a typical primetime game and let's uh, make some ratings. And some of those uh, calls, I think they were network ratings calls to uh, keep it close at the end. And that's what happened. I mean, yeah. I was not in stadium, as you know. Um, Kind of expected to be, and then two hours before game time, something happened. Yeah, yeah. As say, as say. we know, we have people. People who are listening people don't that are know. Listening don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I so, went but, to uh, I went to download my tickets, and they were gone. They were not there whatsoever. So I called StubHub, and I'm like, "What's going on?" They're like, "Ah, don't worry, we'll get you taken care of." They're like, uh, "Your seller sold them to somebody else." I'm like, "Well, how can that they do that?" I paid $600 for tickets, 603 with the, the charges. And uh, they're like, no, that's no problem. I uh, probably yelled and screamed and uh, I uh, made some threats. But <laughs> bottom line, this this game was so well attended that the only thing was like two, $3,000 tickets at the end. And they would not give me one because uh, they had already decided to issue me a refund. And... So I was a little upset, but I made the most of it. If you can see my uh, video tweets, I uh, made some made some fans. And then at the end of the game, I had a gentleman uh, named Smitty Howard come up to me and said, hey, I know you from the podcast. I'm like, finally, somebody <laughs> recognized us out here. And by the way, anybody that asked us for a meet and greet, no, because you don't show up. <laughs> wow. I guess you got stood up by some fans, I guess. Absolutely, uh, it... but no problem. No problem. I, I still had a good time. Uh, StubHub gave me lemons, made some lemonade, and I got to watch the game on my phone. And now I'm going to get myself a really good steak. Well, go enjoy it, Brian. Take it easy, and we'll uh, we'll catch you uh, next time you're back in town uh, after this week. So take it easy. All right, thanks, guys. See you guys. Too bad. All right, so let's let's break this game down. We do have one more super chat to get to here. I want to bring this up on the screen. Positive signs. This is from Crypto Nick. He gives us uh, six ninety nine. Those are Canadian dollars. But what did we call what did we, Canuck bucks? That's Canuck bucks. Canuck bucks. Well, you knew it was Canadian because how we spelled offense. <laughs> <laughs> Positive signs for the offense and the D is legit. Always a good Monday when the Steelers get the W and the Ratbirds lose. Absolutely, the yes. Ravens did lose. What a I was stunned they lost, but still, yeah. All right. Let's get to the uh, breakdown. We're going to break down by the offense and defense. We always start in the first half with the offensive side of the football. Let's go with Kenny Pickett, as always, a quarterback. He finishes 16 of 28, 235 yards, 8.4 average, two touchdowns, first time in his career, was not intercepted, was sacked one time with a rating, Dave, of 108.5. What do you think of Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett? Settled down. He, I was worried about him early on, but he settled in. He, his first few passes, he came flying out of the pocket way too soon. He was nervous and didn't stay in the pocket when he should have. But you know what really helps with that? When you stay in the pocket and you're rewarded with a 72 yard touchdown pass. So that just kind of 
that, that that kind of got him going in the right direction. And although it's it, it's not perfect, it really was growth this week. And that's what we wanted to see with KPA to show that this offense and he can can get going in the right direction. I haven't had a chance to listen to Kenny Pickett's post-game press conference where he talked to the media, but I did get to listen to his Sunday night football. We got a game ball. What was the first thing that he said? I don't know if you heard it, Dave. They said, Kenny, well, what's the big difference? He said, it's amazing what you can do when you can run the football. And that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. When they can yeah. actually run the ball, have a more balanced attack, you see Kenny look comfortable. And I will say, early on, you were right. He, he didn't trust the protection in front of him. He started getting happy feet in the pocket. He's waiting for it to collapse. In the second half, mainly in that second and third quarter, he started to settle in and uh, made some really good throws. Was it great? No, I didn't see outside of the, I still swear. I'd, I'd love to have someone ask him about the Connor Hayward pass uh, that should have been intercepted in return for a touchdown by Marcus Peters. But to me, I, I just don't see how like someone blatantly did the wrong thing. Either Kenny yeah. Pickett thought he was supposed to stop on a curl route or Connor. No, Hayward it, thought he thought Hayward was running an out and Hayward ran an out and up. Yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the stuff that is not, uh, that's I, I do not know which one was wrong i'm i'm yeah. not that God i'm not that up. kind of guy so ultimately though with kenny pickett uh would you say the error is pointing up one game yeah i would yeah. but then the arrow points up and it's got to keep pointing up the next time he takes the field that's really you know, stack, you know, stack these performances. Like Coach Tomlin said, two becomes a habit. That the offense was inept for two games. That's becoming a habit. This is this, they were not as nearly as inept this game. They've got to turn around and do it again next week, or else to, to show that it's a habit of going in the right direction. I mean, I'd say that his error is pointing up. It's not like skyrocketing. This isn't yeah. like you know, the stock market where it's shooting straight up. I mean, it's it's a steady incline. And I think that week one was really, really low. Week two wasn't that much better, but we did see some positive signs. And then I think this was, yeah, I think it's it's moving in the right direction. Like you said, it can change at any time, but moving in the right direction. Let's talk about the people that caught passes from Kenny Pickett. We're talking about George Pickens leading the day, four catches on six targets for 75 yards. Calvin Austin, two catches on six targets for 72 yards. 72-yard long, that was the touchdown pass. Pat Fryermuth comes in with three catches on four targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, four for 24 on four targets. Jalen Warren, three for 23 on four targets. They spread the ball around, Dave. What do you think about the pass catchers? Well, I don't think that – I can't think of anything that was dropped or wasn't caught that should have been. Um like he even the even the the one third down pass to Pat Fairmuth that would have been a nice catch. It was also a nice play by the defense. He could have caught it. Could have also been called a penalty. I'm 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 not calling that anything egregious there. I'm very happy with with what they were doing in that regards of the game because it really more comes down to the person delivering the ball to them. And uh, that as long as they're coming through for their quarterback, that's all that matters. I thought the Fairmuth was really uh man i thought that i thought the fryer that's when i hit him right in the chest it's a tough catch that's a tough play but if he comes down with that that basically seals the game i'd love to see him come down with that one but still yeah not much to complain about at all there so let's go to the running game the running backs the steelers run for 105 yards as a collective a 3.4 average Najee harris leads away with 19 carries and 65 yards 3.4 yard average. Jalen Warren, eight for 29, a 3.6 average. And Kenny Pickett, three for 11 with a 3.7 average. Connor Hayward did get one carry for zero yards on that first third down where he was stopped short of the line to gain. Dave, what do you think of the running game, especially the running backs or the ball carriers? Yeah, I'm sorry. The, my, my stats are all messed up. I keep having to refresh them and they're not showing up very good. Um, so I was trying to get that, that figured out, but like I said, it was more about this, not more about, but the scheme was not doing them any favors early on that you were just seeing the Raiders secondary and particularly Marcus Peters 
flying in there because there was no threat of a pass on certain plays. And some of those run plays were doomed from the start earlier in the game. So what they do, they switched it up enough and started to, to really get some openings. I loved seeing uh, – I thought Isaac Samalo had a much better game than he did the, the last two weeks. I like seeing him blocking downfield on run plays. I thought there was some really nice good and good things there. Some people might talk about that. After they got the first down and the, the last three runs, I mean, you almost could have just thrown the ball for a first down because they were sending all 11 at the ball carrier. But you didn't want you don't even want to try to risk that when you're talking so little time on the clock. I did not expect the Steelers to gain any yards on those last three runs. So you had some like that to kind of bring you down otherwise. But I the thing is, it was effective. You could call on it when you needed to, and the run game did put you in some good situations. Uh the the Connor Hayward play that was the, the you know the, yeah. the first third down of the of the night, that wasn't as much on Hayward. That was a combination of James Daniels kind of whiffing on his block because the defender made a really nice move and just blew it up. I think that's also a play where, you know, Najee Harris gets you nine yards on two carries. And then you just, you, you want, you go outside this box of, okay, now we're going to have this weird formation and Connor Hayward, who's never been in the backfield really yet this year, gets in the backfield. I mean, to me, it's just red flag after red flag of wait a second, what's going on? What's going on? Key on yeah. Hayward, key on eighty three, and they give it right to him, so they don't even fake it. You know, they give it to him, stopped. But no, again, I think this is more about where we're going next with the conversation, mm-hmm. which is the offensive line. And yes. you mentioned Isaac Samalo, and you mentioned some of the play calling, which we'll talk about that in a second. But as a collective, you know, they only give up one sack. Didn't really run all over the Raiders. 105 with a 3.4 average is not something you're going to write home about. But at the same time, they get the job done. Dave, what do you think about the offensive line? I thought they they took a step in the right direction tonight. This is what I wanted to see out of everything that I that could make a step forward in the offense. I said the offensive line I wanted to see first and most. And I feel that they did. And therefore, it affected the you know, Kenny, Kenny Pickett being being a little bit more comfortable uh, when he goes to throw the ball. It affected the Steelers being able to run the game or run run the ball better in the game. So that's why I thought that was important. And I, I do feel that that they did a nice job. Also just goes to show, man, they really did have a tough assignment those first two weeks with the defensive fronts they just went off, went up against the last the last two weeks. But uh, that's behind them, and uh, they, they they just did a much better job on on first watch. Yeah, and it, maybe this is the same thing we saw last year. If you remember early in the season, they struggled, and it was it took some time to kind of gel as a collective cohesive unit. And then as the 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 starting five last year got that cohesion that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And they started to play better. Maybe that's what it's, it's going to take some time. Hopefully it doesn't take too much more time. We'll get it, put it that way. Because I did see that while the offensive line did look better at times, there were some issues still. Okay, let's talk about the play calling, Dave. Matt Canada has been on everyone's mind for a long time, and they want him gone. And then the reports come out before uh, the game earlier today saying that he's going to be working closer with Kenny Pickett. And fans are just like, what is going on? Like, this doesn't make any sense. How is a coordinator not working with the quarterback? What is Mike Sullivan even doing now? Are they trying to blame? I don't know. That's neither here nor there. What was your thoughts on the play calling in this week three game? Well, but before I say about the play calling, to talk about the earlier report, if whether that was really true or not, it almost sounded like Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada weren't on the same page with what they were trying to do for the first two games. If you're not working well with your quarterback and you're like, hey, well, if, if when you see this, it's this and that and, and other things – that maybe that was just it. And if that wasn't going on, then the question was, why not? So bottom line is, I I thought there were some times where there were some real nice play calls. Um, am I am I ready to completely say, you know what? I'm all right now with uh with with MC. No, because I, I want to see it continue to continue to grow. But like that, oh, that fake end around. To, to Calvin Austin to then run the screen to Jalen Warren. Love that play. The decision, what they did on that third down where they can convert it, where they, they rolled pick it out of the pocket and gave him a, um, a, 
a short and a medium option both to that side uh and and all then still had had the option to even take off if he had to uh, that was much better because of the 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 multiple um options that that he had so i'm just saying improved i thought it was much better improved and uh we'll see where they go from here yeah there's still just those brain farts where it just from a play calling perspective it just drives you absolutely bonkers but again i i've said this all along i don't think the steelers are ever going to make a change mid-season so what do we have to hope for then we have to hope that they can somehow some way find a way to be competitive and win football games. And a lot of people will say, well, then they're going to keep him around. I'm not so sure. Nonetheless, if they're not going to make a change midseason, which I would be absolutely floored if they did that. Like if Mike Tomlin came out in a press conference and said, we are stripping Matt Canada of play calling duties or we're firing him outright. Like th- that, that would literally just add up. Dave, you would be the same way. We would be absolutely stunned. Yeah. It's not okay. that I wouldn't welcome it. I just right. would be very surprised right. by exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah. people that are like, well, he's got to be fired. Okay, well, if it's not going to happen, you have to hope they figure something out and can move the football and can score some points so that the team can be competitive. That's what we have to hope for. And so far, the last two weeks, they've been good enough to win. There you have that. All right, let's take a quick break. If This is just for the people on the audio side. If you're watching live on YouTube, Twitter, or on Facebook, we're not going anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. We have some super chats to tend to here as we get kicked off on the second half of the show. Let's bring these up on the screen. Young and Woodburning said he gave us five dollars. Said P.S. Way back when Dave and Big Bro were talking about the name of the new show, I came up with the Scobro Show. Still proud every week <laughs> to see you men. Hashtag not me bad. All right, very good. Yep. Thank you. I didn't. I didn't know that. Let's go. I, with, I couldn't uh, remember who it was. I just know it came from the live chat. <laughs> Jeff Coons gives us five Canuck bucks as greetings. Greetings from oh, this is Jeff. I've always he's always in the, the he's a brighter die crew member. He's from oh, is this is this El Jefe? No, no, no. That's, I'm not going to be the calls you El Jefe. No, no, no. This is Jeff. He always talks about punters. Anyway, oh, okay, okay. Greetings Never from Jeff. from not Mad Canada. Wonderful to see Big Press. He told you. Uh, have an impressive night. That's my punter. Sleep well, Weasel Boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we don't need to talk about Weasel Boy. Big Press. We'll talk about him at the second in the second half. He had a good game. Tom plays games, gives us $5. I knew he's going to bring this up. Sadly, Jeff, you missed in your parlay with a push on the yards for Pickens. I hope you get one this year. I got one last year. So here's what I had, Dave. I don't know if you remember. I had Kenny Pickett, alternate passing yards, 225 or more. Check. Right? Because he threw for, yeah, 225. He threw for 235. Okay. I had George Pickens, 75 or more yards. He caught 75 yards, and then I had the Steelers plus two and a half. But wait a second. One, if you, no, no, but but if you push on one leg of your parlay, you still that win. That still counts? I'm, I, I've done that before, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, then yeah. thanks for the tip, Tom. You just I don't win it. as much. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. So, oh, well, Jeff, I did my own parlay. I, I got to tell you did about you this. Well, listen, I said, okay, well, first of all, I'm going to say I'm going over the 48.5 for Najee Harris. Hit on that. And I went over the 52.5 on George Pickens. And I went under 71.5 for Josh Jacobs. That's three for three. And I had a great one. I'm like, I'll just throw on one more. I'll go for the under for Devontae Adams. Why didn't I just stick with the three I had? (laughs) Well, because last time you played him, you had two catches for 15 yards. Yeah, before you started like going down, I'm thinking to myself, please tell me he didn't bet anything on Devontae unless it was an over, like a big time over. Yeah, that's I mean, I threw a dollar on it, but just to just to have some fun. My 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 big win was the Steelers on the money line. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Let's go to the next super chat here. Justin Gall gives us nine ninety nine. Said play action from under center. Kenny standing in the pocket, sustained drives, gassing the defense. It's refreshing. If only we could see it more often. That's all I'd like to see. Uh, here we go. Let's go to a steal. Said love the win. Got three turnovers and a drop pick six, and only one by five. Love the offensive progress, but we definitely got fortunate. Stay blessed, gents. Thank you very much for the tip. Appreciate it. And uh, Rhino Tool gives us five dollars. Says if Canada's so bad, why does Tomlin keep singing or signing off on the offensive game plans? 
I don't know if he has to. I don't know what their procedures are. I mean, I'm assuming that he has to be okay with something. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. All right, let's get to the defensive side of the ball now. Uh, the defensive side of the ball with TJ Watt. I mean, how can you we, not we need start to take our break? with TJ Watt? I already did. Did you? I, I missed I that. I, uh, I'm, yeah, oh, we were spazzing. I was sleeping. Okay. That's what happens yeah, wake up. after midnight. <laughs> wake up. We're going to start off with a pass rush with Jimmy Garoppolo, who throws for 28, 40, 28 of 44, 324 yards, a 7.4-yard average, two touchdowns, three interceptions, was sacked four times, 72.5 rating. Now let's talk about the pass rush, since that's what we're talking about right now. The pass rush, the Steelers end up with four sacks. Keanu Benton has one. Marcus Golden has one. TJ Watt gets two. TJ Watt has three quarterbacks. And Minka Fitz. Oh, wait, never mind. Ah, we'll get there. Uh, TJ Watt has three quarterback hits. Quan Alexander had a quarterback hit. Marcus Golden, Keanu Benton, and Alex Highsmith ended up with two quarterback hits for a total of eight. Dave, what did you think about the pass rush? Well, I thought the pass rush. Did they created a lot of the a, a lot of everything for the defense? I mean, it's basically the Steelers' defense is based off the pass rush. What's going on in the secondary all depends on the pass rush. Whenever the pass rush wasn't getting home and Garoppolo had all all day to throw, he was going to try to find somebody. Even one time he had all day to throw, the defense was doing great back there. Then TJ Watt turns it on to come at him and he throws a pick to Patrick Peterson that looked really bad. So it's working in harmony with everything, but the, the pass rush, it just seemed like it came from so many different places. I mean, my goodness, Keanu Benton, that play was fantastic. What that, that that was just crazy. Um, if, I mean, if he can pull out a couple of them every game, my, my goodness, what a steal! It's a, it's a big man that can move pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> the the pass rush was, I, I felt it was really cooking when in the second half they started to get some pass rush, not just off the edge, but also in the interior. They started to collapse the pocket, Garoppolo had nowhere to go. So when Highsmith and Water are cl- collapsing it from the outside. He couldn't step up anywhere. Uh, I'll tell you what. We we have a super chat. Let's bring it up. Let's talk about it now Mm -hmm. because we were talking about sacks. This is from Dennis Pavlak. He gives $5 and said the Minka hit was not a penalty. That was – we were talking about sacks. That should have been – should have been a big sack is what it should have been. And then even Tyler W., he gives us a tip. He gives us 439. This This is for Minka most unfairly penalized in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I, I know that on the, I, I try to picture because we can all slow things down when they show the replays. And I swear in the game of football, if you slow down every single hit, you're always going to see some helmet to helmet contact unless it's a low hit. But man, the, uh, watching it live, I was like, man, it looked like it was a hard hit, but it looked like it was clean. He didn't catch him low. Didn't it seem like he got him with the shoulder Dave, What was your reaction to that? Yeah, and when you slow it down and look at it to see that it's exactly what you thought it was, the referees just seem to throw a flag if it seems like it's a hard hit. They did the same thing to Cole Holcomb earlier in the game, and luckily someone came in and said, no, yeah. what else was he supposed to do on that? He came in and hit with his shoulder in right where he was supposed to on that play. So this was another one that they should have waved off, but they didn't. Um, and it kind of kept things going, but the Raiders were down by a lot. If there was something that was going to be questionable, you had a feeling it was going to go their way. That's what happens, especially in prime time. Yeah. It, it was unfortunate. You know, earlier in the game, there were a couple plays where well, obviously the Cole Holcomb play that was flagged and they picked it up. And then there was another defensive call on Pittsburgh that got picked up as well. And I was like, that's another good decision. It was not a penalty. And then in the second half, it's like all those questionable decisions just went against the Steelers. So I don't know, some would call that football justice, but nonetheless, it is frustrating to see those things happen to the football team because really, I, like the make a hit, what do you want the guy to do? He, 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 uh, if you watch the play again, he purposely doesn't take him to the ground. He hits him and then his arms go up. He's trying not to land on him. Like the dude is clearly thinking about trying to do it the right way. And it just doesn't work out. 
Nonetheless, the Steelers pass rush did a great job limiting Jimmy Garoppolo. Now let's talk about the pass defense. Dave, you said it. Everything is kind of based on what the pass rush can do. Well, they, the pass rush could do nothing to defend Devontae Adams and nor could the secondary. He finishes with 13 catches on 19 targets. I don't know if it was Antonio Brown ever targeted 19 times is the question because that the, these numbers are out of this world. 13 catches, 172 yards, a 13.2 average. He had two touchdowns and a long of 32. Jacoby Myers, seven catches on 12 targets, 85 yards. Josh Jacobs, three catches, five yards. Hunter Renfro was targeted. was targeted two times with two catches. And really, other than that, like no one, like the talented Michael Mayer, the tight end, nothing, like absolutely nothing. One target. This was the Devonte Adams show, and the Steelers could do nothing to stop it. Dave, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, he's really good, but you've got to do a little bit more than than that. There was too many times where it's like. How was he that wide open? But the Steelers, because they were having such a sizable lead going into the fourth quarter, they started playing really soft way too early. I mean, my goodness. Jimmy G throws for 324 yards. 111 of them were in the fourth quarter. So, you know, just over a third of his yards were were in the fourth quarter. And I know you would expect a a quarter of his yards to be that much. But that's because they were really backing off and and, and doing that. But even when you back off, you've got to know where that number one guy is. I mean, were they they trying to minimize Jacoby Myers or something? Because I I don't know why you do that, because Devontae Adams just went went cray-cray. Hopefully that's something Did that they can – I just said cray-cray. It's, that's what happens at 1237 <laughs> in the morning. Um, <laughs> where's Brian when I need him? So, I mean, they made some really nice plays, and then they had some plays that you're like, oh, my goodness, I was just got that wide open. So I would just like to see more consistency throughout the game. I want to know, they kind of mentioned this to Mike Tomlin after the after the game in the post-game press conference, and he said, you know, Devontae Adams is really good. I really hope on Tuesday that the reporters that are there asked Mike Tomlin, like, what was the game plan going into? Like, what was what was your approach to Devontae Adams? It almost looked as if he said, we're just going to play him like we do anyone else. And last year, when they played him in Pittsburgh, oh, like he said... Down. They shut him down and they didn't play him like they played anyone else. They they mm. actually bracketed his side of the field frequently. Just really weird. Just I don't know. I just can't understand how 172 yards is 172 yards. 13 yeah. catches are 13 catches. And so he could have even had some more. Jimmy Garoppolo missed on some throws. So nonetheless, the Steelers escape. They're able to find a way to win the running game for the Vegas Raiders. They had 69 yards rushing on 19 carries, a 3.6 average. Josh Jacobs had 17 carries for 62 yards. Uh, I thought the run defense for the Steelers, let me let me put it this way. I thought the tackling was better in this game. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, but you also got to remember, he ripped off, uh, what, 21 yards on two plays late when they were going all this crazy pass, hurry up and everything, you know, just kind of sneaking, sneaking them in there. Um, when it was early and they wanted to establish the run, they couldn't. And th- that was a big thing for the Steelers defense that I felt like they were, they were keying on him and bringing him down and tackling him at a time of the game where the Raiders could just come out and establish that they were going to run so much. Um, that so w- when you look at it that way, that a third of his yards were on two plays when they were down multiple scores and just trying to get down the field. You, I don't want to say that's forgivable, but I mean that that just goes to show what they were doing early on in stopping the run, which I thought was a was very much improved tonight. Like I said, I thought the tackling was better when you're talking about the the huge runs that the Steelers have given up so far in weeks one and weeks two it all stemmed from bad tackling. You know, it wasn't that there was this gaping hole and they just ran right through it. A lot of these were second effort plays. Christian McCaffrey, I think his last name was Ford from the Browns. Doesn't matter. Nonetheless, they did a better job tackling and wrapping up Josh Jacobs and the defense does what the defense does. Uh, taking the ball away, 
It's what this it's what this defense is designed to do. And that's exactly what Tyler W said. He gave us two dollars and said, This team is designed to get takeaways, not pass breakups. So they've got a lot of ball hawks on this defense. So good for them. They did a good job, winning effort for sure. Now let's talk about the specialist, Dave. We have to. Chris Boswell has a great game. Great 57 game. yarder. Yeah. And it, it, it looked like it'd be good from 67. Yeah. Yeah. He, he converts from what was it? 43, 52 and 57. Maybe if Something I, if like I recall, that. I'll have to go back and look, uh, but still he's three for three on field goals, two for two extra points, big press, six punts, a 53.8 average. He didn't have a touchback three inside the 20, a long of 63 and none, was no punts were better than the one that they needed the most in the fourth quarter with 22 seconds left. And he boots a great directional punt towards the sideline, which is fumbled. And even though they recover as you know, you can just feel it's too little too late. Dave, what are your thoughts on the specialists? They really, I mean, that, that that was a huge win for the Steelers. I, I know Hondo was talking to you about how the how the Raiders have have the best combo of kicker and punter in the league. Yeah. Not on the field tonight. Not on right. the field tonight. The kicker and punter combo for the Steelers completely outshined them. Maybe it's because they had the, the spotlight was on them. And they stepped up to it. I don't know, but they played much better tonight. I, I will take that every week if that's what we can get from those two. I agree, hundred percent. And special teams, you know, Calvin Austin had a nice return that was negated by a very, very questionable hold on. James oh yeah. Pierre. Um, and so you had some of those. And let's talk about that from a team perspective. The penalties: Steelers are penalized six times for forty-five yards. The Raiders seven for sixty pretty equitable from a number standpoint uh possession time they're pretty even Steelers had the ball 30 minutes and three seconds to the 29 57 of the Raiders uh the third down offense for the Steelers six for 15 Ugh, barf and then uh the Raiders, the Raiders four for 13 uh-huh, four for 13 so good job there for the Steelers uh the Steelers forced three turnovers great day in that regard they were they were hundred percent in the red zone. That's right, one for one. Finally got to the red zone. So yeah, good good stuff all around. Steelers win, and so now the question is, what's coming up? Well, it's what's coming up is the fact that they go to Houston to play the Texans in Week Four, and then following that is a home game against the Baltimore Ravens in Week Five prior to their Week Six bye week. So, Dave, we haven't done this. We didn't do it last week. We have some time today. If you were to give a game ball, who's your game ball going to? Oh, game ball. Just one. Just one game ball. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, see, because I, mean, I can go. Oh, you go. Yeah, you, okay. you go. If I'm a coach, I'm going to give the game ball to someone that I feel like really want to give it to you. Like, yeah, like someone like TJ Watt could get it almost every game. Yes. And he would get it in some games. I'm giving it to Calvin Austin third. I thought about that one. He only had the two catches. Yeah. yeah, Here's a guy that that offense, the Steelers offense looked anemic again until that 72 yard bomb. And so, you know what? The guy missed all of last year. Deontay Johnson's out. A lot of people were asking, does he have a spot? Is he, is he Dre Archer 2.0? All these things that are going around. Good for him. Big plays. Made some, he made a big play in the return game. I mentioned got negated, but I'm going to go with Calvin Austin the third for my game ball. Figure out yours yet? Well, I mean, it's tough because, like, Boswell had those great kicks. So you think about him for a game ball, but usually when it, with it's a kicker, it's because they're it's coming through with a clutch yeah. situation. He wasn't put in a clutch situation, but he nailed those kicks. Like he nailed that fifty-seven yarder that really gave the the put the Steelers up by more than one score. That was a really a really big thing at that time. So I consider him honestly. Some people would even say this. Because they, they didn't like how Levi Wallace was playing earlier, you could argue you could give it to Levi Wallace for the two picks. Um, chances are, uh, Kenny Pickett came back and played better, 
and he threw two touchdown passes, which he had never done before. So I'm sitting here basically giving the argument for a bunch of different people. But honestly, (laughs) if I had to pick one, I'll I'll go with your Calvin Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't go with anyone else. All right, that's fine. If you could give it to two, would you give it to the the punter-kicker duo of Boswell and, and, and Harvin? I would I would consider that because special teams really did put the Steelers in a in a great position uh, throughout the night. So I uh, I would highly consider doing that. I thought that uh, Minka Fitzpatrick played it a good game again. Uh, and unfortunately, the most notable play was the one that he was flagged for. Yeah. Um, I thought the Patrick Peterson, they, but yeah, they were targeting Levi Wallace because they were getting that matchup with Devontae Adams repeatedly. And Patrick Peterson gets his first interception as a member of the Steelers. So good stuff there. Uh, did we miss anything, Dave? I think we got through everything. I was thinking about doing some final thoughts. What about you? Yeah, well, I mean, people brought it up, and some some were making a big deal before the game. Like, don't talk about this kind of stuff before the game. You talk about it after, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, it's only week three, but who would have thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers would be sitting atop the AFC North because yeah. they are 2-1. and one. And that ugly purple team is also two and one, as is that putrid brown team They're, are also two and one. But the Steelers are one and oh in in the AFC North, as is the Ravens, the or sorry, the ugly purple team. But the Steelers have a better conference record. They are two and oh in the conference because their loss was to an NFC team, which gives them the ultimate tiebreak that has them um in first place. I would be shocked if the odds have changed to that doesn't have them still with the longest odds to win the AFC North. But hey, it just goes to show you could be there. Man, that was did you watch that game today, the Baltimore um Indianapolis game? Any parts I, of it? Yes, I, I did. I actually listened to more of it. I was I was doing stuff around the house. So I have my mm-hmm. YouTube TV playing on my phones. So I'm listening to that game a ton. And I still can't believe that Justin Tucker missed that kick at the end of regulation. That's a long kick. It was, and it wasn't great. It wasn't easy conditions, but it's that dude doesn't miss those. Yeah. So if it kicks up, I'm watching. I'm like, that's good. Like, oh my gosh, it's short. I was like, yeah. I mean, because it was right down the middle. I'm like, oh, I guess this is over. Like, oh no. And then, and then, and yeah, I I have a question about tonight's game, though. I really, I've got to ask this. Okay. If the situation was reversed, and with two. Less than three minutes left of the game, down eight points. If oh. Mike Tomlin would have trotted Chris Boswell out there for a short field goal, how would you have felt about I that? I would have been livid. <laughs> livid beyond here. belief. I was livid that he didn't try with 28 seconds at the end of the first half and two timeouts to at least see, hey, let's throw the ball down the field and see. Let's let's make a high percentage pass play. You know, like the 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 little jet sweep that or the 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 quick out like you mentioned with Allen Robinson it gives you a medium and a short option if it's not there throw it into the stands and we'll we'll kneel it out I was pissed he didn't and, even try to do well, anything and they had they two, timeouts, two timeouts right yeah well because I, I actually like that run play to start I do what would they get seven or eight yards yeah now so I'm thinking they should have immediately goal. called a timeout right and then run another and then run another safe play like you're talking about and yeah. if that doesn't work. Then you, you just kneel. let it run out. Right. So you, tell you could Kenny have done one more. You shot. tell Kenny if it's not there, just take a knee, like whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll just go into halftime. It's coward ball. I hate that. And I don't understand Josh McDaniel's thinking of the field goal. I mean, you're saying that you trust the defense well enough. I, I just didn't make sense to me. The, the numbers, and I'm not a numbers guy. You know that, Dave. You're the numbers mm-hmm. guy. The numbers didn't add up in my head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's trying to kick a field goal. And he thinks that his defense is going to get another quick three and out and that it's going to be a crap punt and they're going to be able to drive down the field and score another touchdown. I didn't get it. And then, well, the one thing it did take out of play was the need for a touchdown and a two point conversion. Correct. That's it. So that might've been one factor because you're like wait it's fourth down you got to score on this one play and you have to score again on one play um maybe we should just make sure we get the points i still don't like it i i I don't no i don't either i don't either at all all right well 
Let's we'll be talking about this all week on the Steel Curtain Network. So, Dave, why don't you use some final thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, final thoughts are: Didn't this game feel different? Didn't it feel different than last week? Even mm-hmm. didn't it? And, and definitely from the week before. One thing I I shouldn't have thought this to myself, but the, when the Pittsburgh Steelers were up twenty three to seven and had possession of the ball in the third quarter, I'm like. You know, if the Steelers could find a touch, I think it was third, maybe it was being in the fourth. If the Steelers could find a way to score a touchdown here, this is the same score as it was against the 49ers. This would be a real significant, decisive win. And it's never quite that easy for us as Steelers fans, is it? So kind of had to kind of had to sweat it out still a little bit more. But you know what? The the team doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to win along the way as you strive to get better every week. I know I actually sound like Coach Tomlin right now, but hey, they're two and one right now. I think looking at this going into the season to start, uh, Steelers fans would have been content with two and one right now. As hey, and as, as dominant as the Browns looked today, that makes that win over them look even more impressive. As as crazy as Miles Garrett went off today, that made the Steelers' offensive line look not as bad as what you would think, that they could hold someone like that in check. But uh, that's why it's it's a long season, but you've got you've to make the most of every opportunity. So I don't think the Steelers are complacent with this win. Part of me is almost happier that it ended up being closer so you can't get complacent rather than ended up being a little bit more um, – blowing them out, but I'm sure my health and blood pressure would say something different. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, this is this is a good place to be, being a 2-1 and one going to Houston next week. Now you've just got to get the job done with a team that's coming off of a big win. Mike Tomlin said it best. They're never going to apologize for winning a football game. Yeah. It might not be pretty and it might not be appealing to the general public or to the NFL landscape or to even the phone fan base. But you know what? A win is a win. You take it and you move on. And when things have been so bad at times and in stretches for the Steelers this year, any amount of success, even though sometimes very minimal and maybe short lived, should be celebrated. And so I'm going to celebrate this win. The Steelers are two and one, and it's a victory Monday tomorrow. We get a victory Actually, Monday. It's, it's victory, victory Monday right Monday now. Today it's already <laughs> it's already Monday. Love you know it. I'm excited for. I'm excited for next week's post game where it's not the next day already where it's actually the same day like that's what i look forward to all right good show though next week i think brian will be back he won't be back for the preview but i think we'll be back for the post game show good stuff dave as always Uh, make sure you check out steelcurtainnetwork.com fansforsports.com and also make sure you're checking out on our audio platform where you get shows like dave stat geek my let's ride podcast brian's bad language only on our audio side so wherever you get your podcasts Search Steelers or Steel Curtain Network. You'll find us. Subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. You will not be disappointed. I promise you that. Steelers win 20-18. They're 2-1. and one. First in the AFC North. Let's keep that going. Until next time, we'll see you on another post-game show. Take it easy. Everybody else gets a little tight.